Hey everyone, I edited this episode myself. So if you notice some abrupt changes in volume, I really tried to fix all of it or if there's a little popping on the microphone. Next time I'll have our producer do the remaining episodes. Maybe you don't notice, but thanks for listening. Hey everybody, how were your holidays? Mine were insane. Do you also feel like jamming the kids in the car, grabbing the dog, buying all the presents, wrapping all the things, cleaning so you can have people over, then cleaning up after the people leave, and just dumping out all your money to show people how much you love them is a little ridiculous? Me too. Luckily, Pingboard gave us all off the week after Christmas, and thank God, because I needed to reset and get all of our decorations down, vacuum up all the glitter off the floor, because I do that every year. I can't help myself around glitter trees, like glitter decorations. And um, I have now like 15 glitter trees and my kids like to play with them. Anytime they move, they shake off the excess glitter because they're cheap. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I hope you cleaned up your space. You had a good time. Everyone felt celebrated and you got some rest. Luckily, I didn't have to travel anywhere and I'm still exhausted. So Happy belated holidays, and welcome to the How to Have a Good 2023 episode. I'm going to give you three sets of tips. One is for your employees, one is for your candidates, and one is for you. Three buckets of ideas for you to get organized and do better, because we all want to do better. We're all doing our best, but sometimes you need someone to nudge you in the right direction. So that's what this is. So let's start off with your employees. Because employees who have a better 2023 are much more likely to be happy and engaged, which always makes HR's life easier. We do this at Pingboard. Consider bringing to your leadership team the concept of no meeting Wednesday. It doesn't have to be Wednesday. It can be any day of the week. But a day of the week where nobody takes meetings and then they can actually get the work done. It's really hard for everyone to focus on their actual job when they're also in meetings. Or if you're anything like me and you have a serious problem with perfectionism, if you know you have a meeting in 30 minutes, you're not going to start a project. And then have you ever left a meeting and been like, mm, <laughs> that's a shame because now I'm kind of tired. So I don't want to work on the thing. Giving everyone a day to look forward to every week where they have permission to go deep on a project is really important. And it can be a huge driver of engagement when your people feel like they have the space to think about processes and find different best practices, do research, or just do their best on something in an uninterrupted way. At Pingboard, if you're customer facing, obviously you still need to take some meetings, but it's those internal meetings like the weekly huddle for blah, 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 or the the monthly update on this, have a day where everyone doesn't take a meeting and then police it. Make sure people don't take meetings for real. You don't have to creep their calendars. You can ask about it in your surveys and be like, how's it going? And that gives employees a chance to be like, actually, people are still booking meetings. And you can be like, "Uh oh, that's not right. And then you can drive the point home again over an email and at the next all hands, what have you. So no meeting Wednesday. That last point brings me to the next one. If you're not surveying your employees, start. It's not as scary as it seems, and I have a blog post all about how to get started and the different surveys from ENPS to Pulse to the Deep Dive Employee Engagement Survey. But make 2023 the year of listening to your people and doing something with what they have to say and proving to them that the leadership team and HR cares and is empathetic toward optimizing and doing better and and delivering a best-in-class employee experience. 
No matter your budget or or company size, this is how you build trust with your employees in a way that creates an awesome feedback loop where they know that when they tell you what's going on, it'll be taken seriously. That's a big engagement driver. I say this all the time, but in HR and in people ops, surveys set you free. And when you do them right, again, refer to that blog post I wrote. I'll put it in the show notes. When you do surveys right, you have the roadmap for where to focus in HR, possibly for the rest of the year. Surveys are what help you figure out what moments are broken or missing from the employee experience. Stuff that you would never know were an issue. But if you don't ask, then you don't find out. Like you don't know what you don't know. So if you aren't surveying your employees, start. Next tip, stop calling each other family. I think it's pretty unhealthy and it's actually a topic that is being discussed a lot on LinkedIn. You know, parents don't fire their children for poor performance or lay them off to cut household costs when they're struggling to put food on the table. So instead of family, focus on being a team built on trust and respect where every employee feels valued. Because people can get fired and people can underperform or, you know, you may need to downsize. And when you position it more like a team where that stuff is expected, that's less hurtful and toxic than an employee feeling betrayed. But but we were a family. What do you mean? That's an accidental added layer of trauma when you do have to let someone go or in toxic situations to point to like, we're a family, like, no, we're a team. Another tip for your employees to have a better 2023 is to implement some kind of meeting etiquette at your company. So this is something you should meet with your leadership team about and say, okay, meetings are expensive, no matter if it's two people on the meeting or 20. But I've been in meetings where there are C-suite titles, VP level leaders, and myself and others. And the meeting's just not efficient. And you get off of that phone call or off of that Zoom call and you think to yourself, all of our hourly pay broken down, that was a really bad use of everyone's time. So some examples of meeting etiquette that you can decide on with your leadership team and then roll it out to your company at your next all hands are like, hey, there has to be an agenda. You have to explain the purpose of the meeting. If there's any pre-work or brainstorming that needs to happen, it needs to be sent in an email beforehand. Not everybody thinks on their toes or like thinks on their feet. Some people need time and space to prepare. You can't just throw a meeting on the calendar and, and be like, we'll figure it out as we go. We're a startup. Blah. No, that that's just like chaos and anarchy. So there has to be an agenda. When the meeting kicks off, it's important to mention why everyone's there. Kelsey, you're in this meeting because you're the head of customer success and we're having an issue with upgrades lately. And we wanted to get your perspective on the customer voice. Holly, you're in this meeting because you're head of customer support and we need a better path for people to be able to upgrade like a self-service solution. Lathe, you're in this meeting because you're the CEO and we need your blessing and your guidance on maybe all the ideas we can come up with in this session, what you think is the best path forward. And I'm in this meeting because I'm metriced against upgrades and I need all of your help. Make it it best practice for the person who booked the meeting to kick off the meeting by explaining why everyone's there. And this could be very casual and kick off the meeting with a greater purpose. One gigantic obvious rule that should be implemented no matter what is that everyone shows up on time. Have you ever been to a meeting where you're still waiting for someone five minutes in and it's like, oh, let me slack them. No, make it okay for everyone to say, hey, I have to run to another meeting. I need to cut this short. I have to go. 
When there's meeting etiquette, then they can end that other meeting early, no matter who it's with. And this has to come from the top down. If you're having a one-on-one with the CEO, you have to be able to say, hey, I need to run to another meeting. And they should have been involved in this meeting etiquette decision. So it's like, of course, yes, go. Nobody should be waiting for up to five minutes because other people are still lollygagging on other meetings. That's the worst, especially if you were on time and you wrapped something up to be there and then you lost five whole minutes. I know it's only five minutes, but it's annoying. Also give people permission to say, hey, I don't feel like I'm adding value anymore. Am I still needed? So consider adding meeting etiquette to your rules of engagement at your company. For your candidates, here are some tips for a better 2023. Why do we care about the candidate experience because it has a big impact on your employer brand. That's your presence on Glassdoor. That's getting people to apply for your jobs. And if you have negative reviews, you're going to chase away good candidates. And that stinks because turnover is expensive. And and when you work so hard to find new people to apply for your openings, if they see that you have a crummy Glassdoor presence, they're going to be like, um, nah, I'm good. So If you have them do a project, which is pretty commonplace, especially if you're in tech, if you ask them to complete a project, please pay them, regardless if you hire them. It it's the right thing to do, which should be reason enough. You know, you don't have to pay them a lot of money, but a gift card could be a good way to get around any issues or nuance around like sending them actual physical money. Send them an Amazon gift card, but thank them for their time and their energy put into the project. That way they don't feel like you're stealing their ideas and they feel like even though they didn't get picked, um, you can send them off with a high note. Like, And doesn't that make telling them no a little bit easier? Hey, thank you so much for the level of effort you put into all of this. We really appreciated your project. The group really enjoyed getting to know you. Unfortunately, we moved forward with another candidate. We will, of course, be compensating you for your time that you spent putting together X project. And again, we wanted to thank you for how thorough you were, blah, 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 whatever pay them for their project. The next tip is to keep your time to hire under 30 days. So this measurement is the time from the candidate submitting their application to being offered the job, 30 days. Four interviews seems to be an important threshold for both employers and candidates to avoid interview fatigue. Some research from Google, which I can link out to in the show notes, found that after the fourth interview, Google only had 86% confidence in the candidate being the right fit. And afterward, Any more interviews, confidence rose by less than 1%. So 94% of the time, the hiring decision even remained the same, whether the candidate was interviewed four or 12 times. So Google learned from these findings and now follows the rule of four interviews, only passing this benchmark on very rare occasions, probably for their C-suite. So when your hiring manager or leadership team demands more interviews, show them this research that I'll link out to. Avoid interview fatigue and use the panel interview concept to get multiple perspectives in one interview time slot. Another tip is to consider taking your referral bonus for your employees when you're like, hey, if you know anyone, submit them into Greenhouse or whatever your applicant tracking system is, submit them in here, and then you'll get a referral bonus of X amount of dollars. That's great, but I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I, I can tell you how many times I've actually done that and it's zero. Maybe I'm the exception, but I don't always have time or I don't always know someone good for the role. And I'm, I just haven't really ever taken advantage of a benefit like that. So what if you considered, you know, when you reach out to someone on LinkedIn and they're perfect for the job, you reach out to a candidate and the candidate says, oh, I'm actually really happy. But, you know, they'll, I've done this before. Like, I know someone who might be a good fit. I'll try to refer them over. But then you never do. 
apply your referral bonus to candidates. They that's great that you're so happy. No worries. If you know anyone that's a good fit for the role, you know, send them over. And if we hire them, we'll give you a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, whatever you can afford. Your referral bonus will go 10 X further. Of course they know someone, they have a whole network of people just like them. So open up your referral bonus to candidates to refer other candidates, not just your employees. Another tip for your candidates is to divide their panel interviews into areas of focus. It's really not impressive as the candidate when you show up to a panel interview and people are like, walk me through your resume to four people. And you're like, okay, that's weird. I figured you guys would have my resume. Um, Cool. And then you do, you tell a story about yourself and then you go to the next panel interview and they ask you the same questions. And you're like, are these people not communicating? Do they not care? At Pingboard, we have a kickoff meeting with the hiring manager and our recruiter. And we all take a chance to kind of like look at the resume, look at the candidates and see them for ourselves beforehand. And then they assign us, okay, you guys are going to focus on hard skills, which are the things you need to do to do the job. So if you're a developer, like, do they know? Oh my gosh, this is going to be funny because I'm not a developer. Do they know? I want to say Anaconda. That's not right. That's a company. Oh, what's a developer software? Developer. Oh, that's not right. I got to Google this. Do they know Python? I was close. Do they know Python? They need to know Python. Let's quiz them on all the the ways and, and pressure test if they really do know Python. And then you have people, the other panel, interviewing for soft skills, things like communication, teamwork, problem solving, and give those panels example questions to ask because they're going to make it up. And if if they don't know what they're talking about, they're going to sound a little silly. So give your panel people like, hey, here are some suggested questions, make them your own. But that way the candidate doesn't feel like they're walking into the same discussion every time thinking, oh my God, these people don't really have it together. I don't really feel like I'm standing out because I'm answering the same questions. So be strategic with how you lay out your panels. Another way to be strategic with the candidate's time and to as an early driver of engagement, because, you know, if you pick them, the employee experience starts from the recruiting process. So keep in mind that candidates are usually interviewing while also keeping a full-time job. That means they're likely interviewing with your company and maybe another company, maybe two or three companies. They're busy and not everyone can afford to take a full day off of back to back to back to back interviews. And they're taking a big risk when they do, which is stressing them out. So ask them if they prefer a full day of interviews or if they need to spread out the interviews over the course of a few days. I mean, no one's ever asked me that, but that would be kind of nice. That way, just you're giving the option for those who have extenuating circumstances, or like I said, they're they're working another full-time job and we kind of have to interview in secret and it can be hard to expect them to take a fake sick day to interview with your company. It can't always be done, but it's a nice gesture if you can if you can do that every once in a while. Also, stop requiring cover letters. If you require one, you might be weeding out the creatives who don't excel with long form content. I am one of those people. Whenever I've looked for a job, I run away with an allergic reaction. If I need to write a cover letter, I just think it's outdated. If my skills apply to the job, your cover letter becomes your performance during your interview and how you express yourself, how you communicate and how you come across. They're also really long and lengthy to read. I just I just think it's a little antiquated. So My personality comes across much better when I talk rather than when I write. If you must have a cover letter for some reason, like your executive team demands it, make it possible for people to record a video cover letter 
make it easy for all the different ways of communicating and expressing yourself to come through. Not everybody excels in written format and a lot of jobs don't require you to come through in written format. So either stop the cover letter altogether or add a video component. And last but not least, best for last, here's some tips for you to have a better 2023 because all of the HR professionals and people ops leaders that I speak to, oh my gosh, you all are some of the busiest, most needed, most burned out, important people at your companies. And I know how hard you work to keep balance, which is like impossible. You're being pulled in so many different directions and you're responsible for such a wide spectrum of things that keep your business running, let alone figuring out time to optimize. You guys deal with so much. So for you to have a better 2023, here's a few quick tips for productivity and just keeping your sanity. So if you've not heard of the one thing concept, it's that every day you pick one thing. I like to decide this the night before. You pick the one thing that you could accomplish to make it be a good day. Maybe you've been putting off responding to a difficult email. Maybe it could be putting together a PowerPoint slide deck that you've been needing to do. Pick one thing the night before and then every day make it the first thing you do. It's the one thing concept. I want to say it's a book. If it is, I'm going to double check, but I think it's a book. I'll I'll link out to it in the show notes. But guess what? The book's about doing the one thing. first thing in the morning. Another way of putting it, I've heard before, I don't know if they're related, but it's called eat your crow, which means do the one thing you don't want to do. The one thing that's been on your to-do list forever, do that first, get it done. And then you'll have a better day. Also never work on something for more than 90 minutes. I'm guilty of this too. I will burn the midnight oil. I will go deep on a project until it's finished, but sometimes less is more with regard to quality. Nobody can focus for 90 minutes. You need to take a break and step away sometimes to come back and be rejuvenated enough to keep going to do things correctly. I can tell a difference when I push through on a project and when I really took the time to do it correctly. Our brains are like, there's monkeys jumping around at the end of 90 minutes. You're like crazy. So never work on something for more than 90 minutes. Probably never work on something for more than 60 minutes, but I digress. Okay, here's another pro tip. Uh, Don't be scared to ask for help from complete strangers in your own community. If you're asked to do something that you don't know how to do, go search for it on LinkedIn and find an HR professional who's got it listed in their description and then send them a message and be like, hey, uh, I see you've you've done this in the past and or you specialize in it. I was asked to do this at my company and I'm actually not sure how to get started. Would you be willing to have a Zoom call with me and walk me through at a very basic level what you've learned and how to do this well? People will say, yes, I do this in my job all the time. I love reaching out to people and they've actually become some of my my favorite connections who I still keep in touch with. The HR community is one of the most helpful, kind, empathetic groups of people that are always sharing resources and tips or just share information. I can't really think of many other disciplines other than the CEO, him or herself, where you're asked to do such a wide variety of things. And really, if someone were to say, oh, I'm a master at HR, I know everything. Really? You know all the tax code stuff. You know all the best practices for recruiting and onboarding. And you're an amazing survey magician and people listen to your internal comms and you don't deal with turnover. No, no. The things that you are asked to do and fix, oh, add to it. You guys are often the ones that have to plan the holiday party. That has to stop. There is so much that you could be asked to do. So if you don't know how to do something, 
don't panic. Go find someone who's done it and just ask them if they'd be willing to meet with you. Ask three people. Maybe three of them will say yes and you'll get three perspectives. But I guarantee you one person, if you write a nice heartfelt message, would be like, I would love to help you. I've been in your position before too. Yes, let's get on a call. Also, walk every day. I don't know where you live. I don't know if it's freezing cold. Maybe you can borrow your neighbor's treadmill if you don't have one. But walk every day. I figure out the most obvious answers to things that I haven't been able to solve in the workplace or just a project that I'm stuck on or an idea that I have. I figure that out. It comes becomes super clear to me on my walks. If you can get outside, do it every day, but at least get moving. Walking refreshes your mind and your body, and it allows you to reset your mental health. You can't sit down at your laptop all day like it's a computer game and just do all the things and, and not get moving. I mean, every once in a while, if there's an exception where you just have back-to-back meetings and you just can't get away, that can happen, but it shouldn't be every day. I think that might be the definition of insanity is sitting at your desk for eight hours straight and not, not take a break and, and go for a walk. So to boost your productivity and your creative thinking, which, you know, aids in your problem solving, which is the skill for HR and, and people ops, go for a walk. It can be before the workday starts. It can be after it ends and wind down, like take some time to, to calm down the, the screaming tree of monkeys in your head. That's what it feels like for me. I go for a walk sometimes in the middle of the day to refresh and reset for my second half of the day to finish my projects. Or if I just cranked through the day, I'll go for a walk and be like, okay, this is what happened today. This is what I still need to do. This was interesting. This confused me. I need to remember to follow up with this person. And it just gets me away from my office and outside where I just think differently. Another tip that really helped me in 2022 was to review the next week on Friday. So Friday's winding down, it's 3, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., what have you. Look at the next week. Look at your meetings. Look at where you have pockets of time. Are there any meetings you need to say no to? Are there gaps that you can time block for yourself and reserve and say, okay, I've got a two-hour block here. This is my project time. By the way, you should also be booking lunch. We do that at Pingboard too. Block off when you're eating and people should not book over that. Do not eat at your desk. You deserve to go into your kitchen or go into the, wherever. if you're in office, go into the break room, go into the kitchen, go eat. Don't eat at your desk. When you've taken the time to look at what to expect the next week, you have more of a vision in your head of what next week should look like. When you see certain kickoff meetings or like a brainstorming session, your your subconscious can spend time working on it while you're sleeping or while you're doing other stuff. You're just more prepared and you don't feel like stuff creeps up on you. I'm always looking for meetings I can say no to or ask myself, am I needed for this meeting? And here's another quick tip to protect your sanity. Learn to say no, but do so strategically. (laughs) Wish I would have learned this a lot earlier in my career. HR teams are always burned out. So when the CEO or when the, the whoever you report to comes to you with an, a net new project and you're already at max capacity, the best way I've found to get a manager to hear you when you say, I can't take on anymore, is to simply say, awesome, happy to work on this, had already slotted time to work on these things, so which of these things should I deprioritize? And in the past, when I've said this to a manager, they've said, oh, 
I didn't realize there was this much going on. So actually this can wait a week or I'm glad you said something deprioritize this. And if you could just focus on this net new project and then next week you can reprioritize blah, blah, blah. It makes you look like you're on top of it. Cause you are, you're being a strong communicator and you're not being combative and you are protecting your sanity and you're not saying, sure, add it to my plate. I'll work on it freaking this Saturday evening. No, 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 no. Protect your schedule and say no, but do so strategically. Don't just say no. (laughs) That's not going to end well. And lastly, 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 70% of the employee experience is the relationship between the manager and the employee. And that's a lot out of your hands. So make your people managers, an extension of HR. Have weekly quick huddles with them. They can be 15 minutes. Hey, the latest pulse survey said this, or we really need to drive this home, or I need you guys to mention this in your recurring one-on-ones, which should be happening. And that's a totally other episode. Make sure your people managers know what you need them to be reiterating. The employees at your company need to hear information lots of different ways from different people for it to really sink in because they're doing a lot of stuff. And I know it makes you nuts when your internal comms get ignored, but it's because we are berated with information all day and it's, it is easy to miss a long, well-formatted Slack message from you. So, um, get together with your people managers or do it over Slack. Be like, this is what I need you to say, um, or mention or touch on in your one-on-ones, um, open enrollments coming up, or we have a poll survey coming up. We want people to take it or, uh, because of the last poll survey, we changed this perk and we want to know what people are thinking. So ask your people what they're thinking. Just use this year to make your people managers an extension of you to get your messages across and to make it more likely for people to understand what's going on, what actions they need to take. And you can do less work trying to shout at people in written form and at the all hands, make your people managers an extension of HR. And there you have it. Those were tips for your employees, for your candidates, and for you. When your candidates are getting more of what they need, they're going to have a better experience and you'll have a stronger employer brand. When your employees are getting more of what they need, they'll be more engaged, which is always a good thing. And you can follow some of these tips to stay more organized, keep your sanity, calm down the monkeys in your head, and stay on top of it. You can't do all the things. And if you try to do all the things, you're going to be distracted. They're not going to be high quality and you're going to get burned out. We've all seen this movie before. Don't burn yourself out in 2023. Find balance. Take care of yourself. Take care of your candidates. Take care of your employees. And hopefully you find at least one or all of these tips are helpful for you to have a better 2023. Thanks for listening. 